Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Let's see how this weather treats us. Why, hello, everybody, and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club. What's yeah. up, everyone? Hi, happy Yay. Tuesday. Happy, happy again. Tuesday. Yes, we are. We're here. Welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. We're so excited to be back with you. We're the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. And we're a team of self-employed industry experts joined this week by our guest, Joey. Welcome, Joey, to the show. We're so excited to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. I really hey. appreciate it. This is great. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you just give everyone a brief rundown of yourself and your business, please? Yeah. So I'm Joey Donofrio. I started uh, or I own a home inspection business in the state of Virginia. We do Virginia, DC, Maryland. Um, we do about close to $3 million in revenue a year. Um, so we're pretty large on the home inspection side. Um, and I own a payment solution company and I kind of got into it at, through a conference through the CEO, Dave Iava, I met him at a conference and kind of got into that and he saw what you know that this industry needed a, a better payment options um and so now i'm involved in both those things and i'm excited to be here to talk about business <laughs> awesome well we're so excited to have you i'm taylor maroney nice to meet you joey i co-own a power washing company in south florida with my husband awesome. and i have a background in marketing so that's really where my expertise comes to this panel and my my love for marketing is really in the numbers, which is very similar to Megan. I love finding ways for business owners to look at the numbers of their marketing and make better decisions upon that. So really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us and yeah. welcome back to Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> and good morning, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. Um, otherwise known as an accounting nerd and geek, I'm a CPA who has a full service accounting firm called Likes Accounting Company based out of Northern California. And I own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, and a couple of other side projects that keep me out of trouble. I like that Joey's like, yeah, I've got this primary <laughs> business and then I've got this other thing that just kind of was born. And I think every single person on this call can relate to that because we're constantly like, hey guys, new idea, new business. Yep. <laughs> so that's awesome. And uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's it's early in California. It is still pretty much dark, but yes. I'm here. <laughs> and Michelle. And hey there, hey there, Joey, neighbor, Joey. Yeah. Um, we'll get into this when we talk, but Joey has done not one, not two, but four home inspections for the Myers family on different opportunities that we've been seeking out. We've actually purchased two homes that he helped us with. Um, so I know your system. I know your people. They've stomped all around. It's awesome. I can't wait to meet you and, and get to know you a little bit better. And I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars. And so we put remote admins or office managers in your home service business. So if you are bursting at the seams in your physical office and you need some more help, we can work with you remotely. Or if you don't have an office at all, that's where we shine. Um, we can help you remotely as well. So excited to talk to you, Joey, and welcome to the Fight Club. Thanks, Michelle. 
<laughs> All right. And lastly, uh, my name is Martha Woodward and nice to meet you, Joey. Nice um, I owned a maid service for 13, 14 years and it was in a neighboring state. I no longer have that, but like you, I started a side hustle and that kind of became my primary thing. And that's called quality driven software. And I just help people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club and I'll pass it back to Tay and we'll get started with, cool. the, with the grilling. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not grilling, I promise. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably, I feel like I might be the easiest one sometimes. Everyone loves marketing. Just do it with a smile. <laughs> exactly. Well, I do want to talk about, because it seems like with y'all's business, you do network marketing, right? We see you at events. We get to see you in person quite often. Um, so is that when going to these industry events, not necessarily for home inspection, right? We've seen you at window cleaning events. We've seen yeah. you at power washing events. What type of clientele does that bring to your business? How does that type of marketing really help to improve the type of clients you're bringing in for the home inspection side of the world? Well, I think, you know, it's it, that type of marketing is important. One, it's showing face. Two, it's building a relationship. And three, it's educating, you know, the, the, the business owner, the power washer, the pressure washer, the home service-based business owner on that this money that they're spending. Because when I go to these events, I'm in the payment payment solution business. So, you know, what problems do they have, right? You know, are, are they, do they not have a budget for marketing? Do they not, have, do they not know their numbers? Do they not know the opportunity cost of money that's already being spent in their business that can be spent to help grow? You know, most people think when they pay credit card fees as a business owner that, oh, it's a cost of doing business. Well, it's a cost of doing business till you grow to that million dollar, two million. And now that number becomes real. That number becomes, you know, $30,000 a year that you're paying. And now is that really a cost of doing business or is that money? Can that money be better spent elsewhere? You know, as a, as a technician, we think of we're, we are like the trade of all hats, right? We're not really a business owner when we're one and two, two employees, right? right? You have to grow yourself, build yourself. And then the business owner makes that easy decision. We're like, oh my gosh, I what could I be spending $30,000 on instead of paying fees, payment fees? And so we want to know why I go to these conferences. What are your pain points? Hey, I need to hire somebody to take over the admin. You know, I need to hire the systems that Michelle brings. You know, I need to hire a CPA to get my book bookkeeper, but I just don't have the money. Well, hey, what does a bookkeeper cost when you're a one-man shop? A couple hundred bucks a month? We can help find those dollars. And so a lot of times it's what are the problems that the business owner is facing and how can our product help solve that, that issue that they face? And a lot of times we can. I mean, most of the time we can. But the, as you guys know, you know, as you're a small business owner, you really don't know your numbers as well as you think, you know, and that's, and that's kind of the first piece where you, you really need to know. And a lot of people will talk to us and then they come back to us and they're like, oh my gosh, you made me look at this number that I never even looked at. I didn't even know how much I was spending. Now I want to talk to you. And so yeah. that's the biggest thing is, you know, helping, helping them solve their issues and, and, um, and help them make better business decisions. I love this because so a lot of people, 
I feel like there's a misconception, right, about conferences. So a lot of people feel as though when they're owner operators, they're in a position where either they are ready to grow and they're ready to learn more, or they are in that weird state of, I know everything, I've done everything, so I'm going to hold on to this and keep doing everything. And it's kind of that in-between of getting to that growth point to pull yourself out of certain positions and really start to network market with other people in your industry. And this is a very... It's not a topic we talk about often on the show, but network marketing is really important, not just to potential clients, right? So not just in your, um, you know, your small business meetings locally in your home service industry area. It's also networking within your complete um, kind of group in your industry to learn more, to be able to have people to lean on. When we got to work at the, um, the Huge Rockstar Admin event, getting to see these women and men have a community to lean on was very important. And I feel as though business owners tend to get, I'm going to probably stick my foot in my mouth with this, but get a little bit of an ego involved, right? Where they don't necessarily want to have that happen. And once they kind of remove that ego and really put themselves in a learning and student position, right? There's so much room for growth. And as you're saying, I mean, you're giving free information at these events where they're getting to sit down with you, talk with you and really learn deeper about their business where one number can completely change it for them just just by purchasing a ticket to a conference event. So have you been able to see a lot of that in your network marketing, kind of just having that one piece of information really just click that light bulb in a uh, potential client's head? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you get it on the head. Network marketing is valuable. I mean, what do they say? Your net worth is your network or your Absolutely. net worth is your net worth. That is so true. And it's not it's it's conferences are great, right? There's a lot of great information at the booths at, at the conference halls. What I think people miss, though, is that social connection. You know, the, the conferences are valuable on the relationships that you build with the fellow business owners within your industry. And now you've cre you can create a small mastermind. You know, podcasts are valuable because we get to hear from experts. We get to hear from them. And, and, and that's mentorship, right? That might not be like private one-on-one -on -one mentorship, but that's so valuable. And then now you're not in it alone. And it builds belief because you're hearing saying, well, shoot, if, if Joey can do it, God, I can do it. I, me I remember I went to my first conference. It was 2015. And we were doing probably about $600,000 a year. The next year I did 1.5 million. So wow. in revenue, that's the power of a conference. And what that conference did for me was I met a lot of great people. I don't even, I couldn't tell you who the speakers were, but I can tell you who, who I sat next to and who I networked with and who I went to happy hour with, because those are the people that I leaned on as I hired the next employee, as I, as I grew to my, grew my admin, Hey, what do I need a backup call center? Do I need these things to really make take those actionable steps? And because they did it, it gave me the belief, well, oh, if Jerry can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. And that's, that's the empowering part of it. So yeah, network is networking at these events is everything. Getting contacts that you can call, building friend lasting friendships. I mean, from that conference, I have great friends in in my industry, the home service industry, that I can call cell phone numbers. If I'm struggling, something's going wrong in my business, I can call them up and they're going to help me out through those problems. I'm not in it alone anymore. You're not. And that's the key part. You know, I met these ladies at a conference and that's how we got to the point that we're at. I mean, conferences have so much great value and it 
to a one point that you had mentioned how you can lean on your friends, right? And you can lean on them when you're in hard times. You can also lean on them when you don't want to make the same mistakes they made, right? (laughs) They can guide you and mentorship (laughs) you down ways that you actually are not having to go through the same struggles that they went through potentially in their business. So I know it's not, it's not kind of the fluffy, bright colored marketing we normally talk about on the show, but this type of marketing is so important and it's an investing in the internal business, right? You're investing in yourself as a business owner. You're investing in your, your employees that you have at that time, and you're investing in your company as a whole. And if there's anything that you can take from this today is take Joey's Joey's point. I mean, he went from 600,000 to over a million in one year by making network connections at a conference and really being able to lean on these mentors and friends and grow his business because of that. And that's really the power of a conference. It's not it's not necessarily buying the new, you know, the new software, even though that could potentially be the one thing that helps. It's not necessarily seeing the speakers. It's really making those connections and building that community and that fan, not really fan base, but that, you know, that reliable marketing kind of just like circle, that inner circle of friends that you can lean on. It's kind of the best way I can describe it. So I appreciate you sharing kind of your story of your first conference. I think that's really powerful for someone to hear. It's really um, motivating for me to get ready to sign up for another conference soon, which I feel yeah. like we're at the end of it right now. Like we're, <laughs> we're we're at the bottom of our conference season. So we're getting, ex- we'll get excited for next year. But I will kind of, you talked a lot about money in there a little bit too. So I'm, I saw Megan taking some notes. So I'm sure she's excited to give you a couple options, Joey, about cool. uh, finances. So thank you. Thank you. It's like, you know me by now. How did you know? I was writing down my options. Before we go there, I have to share with you and Joey, just like a small sidebar, but I had somebody end up on my calendar. So shout out to a listener, Chris Anderson. Um, And Chris apparently is near me. Like we're neighbors too. And we have complimentary services and he found us through Fight Club for Business. So he says hi to all the ladies. Um, And I think that that's so powerful that you... Like you can meet people that are in your industry and maybe even your neighbors and you can find collaborations, you can find ways to work together. And I think that's where I want to start with you, Joey, is that I don't know how it is in Virginia, but in California, I love home inspectors because uh, they require the gutters to be cleaned. Like this is something that has to happen on the home inspection. So (laughs) I don't know how many times we'll get a frantic call from a realtor or from a homeowner because they got a home inspection that said, hey, the gutters need to be cleaned before we can do anything else on this deal or on this sale. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and how, as a home inspector, you have built up a network of professionals that are benefiting from from your work. And I'm sure that you have also built up your network of professionals that you're working with. This came up, I don't remember where I was and who I was talking to. So if it was you and you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, But it came up and they were saying how, you know, having really good relationships with one key referral or referrer is worth, you know, 10 times one specific client, right? So having a key relationship with a home inspector or a key relationship with a realtor or a key relationship with a mortgage broker, like that can really impact other services in the home service industry. So can we talk a little bit about that, Joey, and like kind of what your referral network looks like. And I'm guessing on your home inspections, you're not saying call Jeff Likes Clean Windows to get your gutters cleaned, but maybe you are, like maybe that would add extra value to your inspection. Um, can we talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, I mean, so our 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 primary referral base is real estate agents. So that's our primary marketing resource. 
And what we do is we do events with real estate agents to, to build those relationships. We do office presentations. We, we develop relationships with lenders and maybe movers and other handymen to sponsor events for real estate agents. And we make them educational. Like last week or a couple of weeks ago, we held an event at our office and it was about cryptocurrency. So, hey, where can we add value that's not just, hey, come see how great all of, all of our services are. You know, and I think when you're, educa when you're educating, it's about how, what value can I add? And then the business will fl flow. If you, if you can establish yourself as, as an expert or bring an expert in and you're hosting the event, and again, you're building a friendship. You know, one, one, of, the, one of the guys that came to me, he wanted my business out of the home inspection alarm company. And it was, he came and flew over to be at a golf tournament that I was hosting, helped sponsor it, paid for a ticket. The whole time, he never mentioned anything about business. He just was building that relationship, building that relationship, building that relationship. And then I eventually asked him, I said, so what do you want? <laughs> He's like, one day I want to be able to get your help you, you know, lead generate some alarms to me after the home inspection. It's building those deep relationships. But understanding, you know, when you for us, building the new relationship is more important than than, the, than keeping an existing one. And I say that there's more effort in building a new relationship. And then there's minimal effort of maintaining a relationship. You know, realtors, you know, in our area, we have to get a lot of new realtors to get business growing because, you know, some realtors, the average realtor only does three or four deals a year, you know? So we, that means we need new and we need to build the relationship with the top 20% or keep maintaining that relationship with the top 20%. So that's yeah. kind of how it flows. But you prove a good point too. Is well, well, before we go there, let's pause. Cause I think that that was super like groundbreaking and we can't let it sneak in. So we're going to pause for just a second. Um, I did a survey in my area and I'm encouraging if you're a listener to do the same survey. It seems like Joey has too. Look at the number of registered realtors in your County. For me, I was shocked. It was like, I don't know, 350 registered realtors in my area. And then look at the average number of sales per year. Mine was like less than 50, right? So you've got 350 realtors and you're only selling 50 homes a year, which means there's only 50 home inspections and there's only 50 window cleaning. And I know that's not entirely true because I know people go on the market and they go through the whole process and it doesn't close. So maybe it's more than that. But what Joey did was he did the 80-20 rule. He looked at the 350 realtors. He looked at the number of homes sold per year in his area. And then he went further and looked at who sold them. Right. So if there's yeah. 50 homes and your top producers selling 10 of them, they're selling 20 percent of the efforts. And so when we're looking at building a relationship, we want to be genuine. We want to support their causes. We want to show up to their golf tournaments. We want to do all of that. But at the same time, we can really focus our efforts by building a presence. And I'm going to just add one more side comment about how we did this with our window cleaning business. And there is a realtor group that used to let us pay to be a preferred vendor. So we would pay to play. We would pay 150 bucks a month. And what that did is it got my husband in front of that entire realty group uh, once a quarter. He would bring donuts. 
He would get to spend five minutes talking about the importance of cleaning your gutters during a home inspection process or before the home inspection process. And uh, we were able to earn the exclusive business of that realty group um, by paying a little bit of lead money and ad money. So I think that was super valuable, Joey. And for me, that was a huge aha. I was like, what do you mean? Not every realtor sells a house every year? Like, how? what? Like, what do the other guys do? How do they feed their family? Um, so realtors are interesting because it is a side hustle, but the good ones, uh, they're in our top 10% of clients because it's recurring work over and over and over again. And I'm sure for Joey, that's true as well. Awesome. Okay, so we can take that a little bit further or we can transition. Do you wanna, which would you rather? Up to you. You go. What do you okay, feel? I think we should transition to our favorite people in the world who like to step over dollars to pick up pennies. And this is not coming across judgy. And I know I just came in real hot. Like that was probably a little judgy. So I'm going to take a step back because if you're listening <laughs> to this, I'm not. I'm just I want to help you. That's Joey and I want to help you. So if you are still not accepting credit cards. This is for you. <laughs> this is for you. Joey, I'm sure you've got some awesome statistics about what happens to gross sales when companies accept credit cards. Can you, oh, yeah. can you talk to us a little bit about what, so, like this revelation of like, oh my gosh, I am losing business because I'm not accepting credit cards. Exactly. So when you don't accept credit card, you actually shut yourself off to 30% of your market. So 30% and people don't see that, right? They say, oh, I don't want to pay credit card fee so i'm just gonna take check or cash and i like taking check or cash because then i can hide some of it oh, you know from the government we don't, we don't <laughs> our listeners definitely don't do that on layer yeah, okay but <laughs> you know don't. what but then but then you're that's small-minded right you are stepping over you know dollars and hoarding pennies at that point because you're shutting yourself off from 30 percent of the market and by advertising credit cards somebody is more likely to buy, buy extra services so you're shutting off 30% of the market, and now you're shutting off those extra value-added services that you provide on top of your original service, because if they have, can put on a credit card, they're more likely to do it. It's consumer behavior. You know, you may say, well, I pay off my credit card every month. Great. You are one of the 1% that do that. <laughs> like, most people, they have good credit, and they look at it as free money until they max it out. So just by understanding consumer behavior, you know, you need to be taking credit card and it, and it professionalizes you as a business owner when they look on your website and say, Oh my gosh, they, they take Visa, MasterCard, Discover. You take all forms of credit card. It establishes you even more like, wow, this is a professional business. If I see a business owner and they say, I take checks and cash to me, I know they're playing small. They are not a competitor of mine in the home inspection space because they don't offer that. Okay, well, I want to come back to that because I actually had Ooh. some very intentional questions about the home inspector space. But yeah. first, let's stay here. I didn't know about the 30% metric. Um, yeah. I, I'm i the weirdo accountant that doesn't actually care that much about growing sales, um, but I do care about growing net profit. And the thing that we don't talk about very often, and I find as an accountant is the biggest win to accepting credit cards, is how much admin time we save by accepting credit cards. So if we don't have to pay somebody to manage accounts receivable, if we don't have to pay somebody to, to make sure the invoice actually gets sent and then it actually gets paid and then it actually gets posted and then it actually gets deposited and then it actually gets reconciled. <laughs> like if you could skip all of those admin steps around the payment processing effort, you can add dollars to your bottom line. So yeah. I love that you can add dollars to your bottom line and to your top line and save yourself a headache 
and make it easier for a customer. Because if you're listening to this and you're still in checks and cash, I really want this to be a judgment-free zone because I will tell you, we did not start accepting credit cards until about five years ago at Jeff Likes Clean Windows. Jeff and I had a rule that we wouldn't accept credit cards until three people asked for credit card processing in a row. And it took 10 years in our company before we had three people ask if we accepted credit cards. Wow. In a row. Yep, yeah, but that was the rule. And then when we hit the three, I was like, to me, that means we're, and that's so interesting because I, I wonder if that's 30%. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, it was really weird because I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to add the extra dollars to my expense line until I can see clearly that it's going to help add money to my top line. Right. Yeah. So we did that. And so if you're still accepting checks and cash, I get you. I was you. I I, I absolutely said what Joey said, like, uh, my customers are fine. They don't they don't care. They don't need it. Um, but now the conversation has shifted so much in the past five years. I wish we could be like in a classroom and the listeners could raise their hand. But um, if you've had a customer be like, I don't know where my checkbook is. Like, I don't have a checkbook anymore. Like, those are the things that the customers say now, right? They're like, really? Yeah. You want me yeah. to pay you a, a check? Really? Um, also, fun fact for the people who definitely are not hiding cash, my husband tells his customers that um, his wife tells him he'll go to jail if he accepts cash. So <laughs> we do not no. accept cash at Jeff no, Lexley Windows. Um, but remember that we are in the very liberal West Coast and I am a very yeah. legitimate official CPA. So I just had to have that on the record on this episode. No cash payments because um, you'll go to jail. Um, <laughs> won't really go to jail. I have to be clear. Um, okay, good. So let's talk about home inspection. How I feel like home inspections are usually paid for at closing. So how does that work? Does the realtor pay you? And then does the realtor get reimbursed from the title company or walk us through like the flow? So actually, you're thinking, I think of appraisals. So appraisals get paid at closing. Home okay. inspections get paid at the time of the inspection okay. for about probably 90% of our industry. That's how it's done. Um, so we get paid at the time. So how it works for us is, you know, at the time of service, they can pay with a digital check and a credit card. Um, we, we, we do, we're in Virginia, so we do accept all forms of payment, but prefer credit card or, or digital check. The way we operate and the way that our pair payments does things is we are specialized in no fee processing. So we save the business owners money. Um, and we don't charge them credit card fees. If they, we let the client decide, Hey, if you want to pay with credit card, you're going to pay a convenience fee. That's going to cover the business owners Ooh. credit card fees, but we're giving you a digital checking option as well. So nice. if you don't want to pay the fee, you use a digital form of payment still, a digital check, um, ACH, and then that's how you pay. So now we flip it on its head because rewards are only going up on credit cards, right? Who suffers if they're paying credit card fees? The business owner. All It's all dependent, and I don't know all it, but on the credit card that I use is the percent that is how it gets dictated. You shop for a credit card today, and we all do this, right? I don't care about the APR. I care about their rewards. I don't care that it's 30% APR. See, back when my when my grandparents were alive, they shopped APR. Now we yeah. shop rewards. Well, <clears throat> the credit card companies aren't stupid. Somebody pays for that <laughs> reward. It's the business owner, typically. So with no fee, we don't charge the customers. You know, they pay $0. And the fees are the business owner pays zero dollars, and now the fee gets passed on the customer. But we're giving them an option. We're not just saying, "Hey, pay with credit card, pay a fee." We're giving them an option. You like the CPA part, right? 
we escrow that money. So that convenience fee, say we charge $100 to the client, they decide to pay with credit card, it's 103. That $3 goes into escrow account. So your books are cleaner. You're not showing higher revenue, which means you're not gonna be taxed on a higher revenue potentially. And then that money gets escrowed. So you'll never have with us a credit card company coming into your bank account and pooling money out at the thousands, you know, a month. You know, I remember when, when you know, credit card companies, they used to rate ratchet and they get you in at a, at a certain percent. I was sitting with my CPA probably three or four years ago now. And he's like, this is odd, Joey. Your credit card fees went up, but your revenue didn't. And I'm like, that's interesting. Because a lot of what they do is they get you in at a rate. They say they quote you a rate, but then there's a card not present transaction. There's, oh, this, this transaction wasn't secure. Well, what does that do? It increases the rate that that business owner now pays. Let's, let's pause there for a second. Because oh, that's let's assume, huge. Yeah, let's assume <laughs> that you have a, a very traditional credit card processor that you're using. Um, yep. And a lot of people don't realize this, but um, you have your technicians in the field and the customer hands them a card. Uh, traditionally, I don't know if this is true with Joey's, but traditionally, if they hand you that card and you choose to key in the numbers into your tablet or into your phone, you will always pay a higher rate than yep. if you were to swipe that card. And the reason that you pay a higher rate to key in the numbers as opposed to swiping the card is because there's more risk because you could key in the numbers from a picture of a credit card versus having the physical card present. So the credit card companies pass on that extra risk to you as the owner and that's something that a lot of people don't know. And that's something that you can absolutely train your technicians in the field starting today is, hey, no more keying in if you've got the card. You need to swipe it. You need to actually swipe that into the system. Um, yep. So that, that's a really helpful thing to share. I, I think that that was, that was a good takeaway there. I want to go back to my question, though. Huge. Uh, who pays you? Does the homeowner pay you or does the realtor pay you? So the homeowner pays us. So typically if now some people, like I said, a small percent may want to pay at close. What we do there is we need a credit card on file. So if they want to pay at close, I need to have a credit card on file that if they don't, when you, and I need to know your closing date. So if we don't receive payment, we need to pay. We're going to charge that card for the payment. So we want to make sure we're protected as a business owner, right? My you dad will go Do you ahead. ever get it where the realtor pays you? I'm, at, I'm asking specifically because I have a feeling our listeners, or at least for us, we love our realtor clients. They bring us a lot of business. But they like as like a as a favor for the seller or as a favor for their client, they like to pay for everything. And yep. if you're a realtor listening to this, we love you. You're very good for all of our businesses, but you're not so great at paying your bills. So yeah. we will often have a little bit of trouble where the realtor <laughs> wants to pay it, but then they pay it a little bit later. And so we've started to move towards this taking credit card on file. But um, that that's where I'm headed with your questions is like, do you keep credit cards on file for the realtors when they insist on paying? And um, yeah, what's yeah, that? Any, anybody, right? I mean, if I book a hotel, I have to put, place a credit card even if they don't charge it till I get there. So if that's a good system because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to lose money. My dad started this business actually in 2001. I managed it in 2000, started managing it in 2014. When he started, my dad graduated from the Naval Academy. Another one of his classmates from the Naval Academy started the same business. He would get paid at close. My dad get paid, got paid at the time of inspection. He okay. got out of the business because he had over, after the years of doing it, five or six years, he had like $70,000 of uncollected money. And he goes, it's too hard to collect money in this business. 
that is the example that I've always gone to where why we don't pay at close or we discourage it. And then if they need to, we have to have a credit card on file. That's a lot of money, right? So that's money that's wasted that you're not getting and you're getting it delayed. And what and in this competitive market, what's happening? Deals aren't going through. People are getting home inspections and not mm-hmm. and not buying houses because of whatever and because it's so competitive or they're doing a pre-listing inspection before the house goes under contract just to try to be more competitive and then they're not getting the deal. Well, if a client if I'm releasing a report to a client, they don't get the deal, why would they pay me? Now I have to call them, bug them. And you bring up a good point, Megan, like a realtor, that's a referral agent for us. So that's a delicate relationship. I don't want to hound them for collecting money. So, hey, our process is simple. Cool. You want me to, I'll do the work for your client. I just need a credit card on file. And once all the work's completed, we will charge the credit card or I'll call you to see if you want to use another form of payment. I love this. Right. So I'm hoping Michelle's going to continue mm-hmm. this conversation a little bit because we've run <laughs> way over on my time. Yeah. That was a really, um, that was another really good reason to stop. And I hope the expression's hitting well, but like if you're a listener, when I say stepping over dollars to pick up pennies, I mean, you are trying really hard to save those processing fees. You're trying really hard to like stick to your checks and cash and you're missing 30% of potential revenue plus all of this admin expense to chase down accounts receivable, plus potentially not actually mm-hmm. recovering the money in accounts receivable. So that's why we're saying we're not, this is not a commercial for credit card processing. This is saying this mm-hmm. is really good practice for you. And I'm hoping Michelle is going to keep going through with the system <laughs> of collections and how you can actually automate and make that easier. So yes. thank you, Joey, very much. Thanks, Megan. I totally am. Thanks, Megan. Um, I went through this process at Pink Collars because we're a recurring service, right? So we have to bill every two weeks for our services. And we had credit card payment fees that were astronomical, like 15, 20, 30,000 a year. And so I just got sick of letting that money just go by. And we ended up finding something that could do a recurring ACH draw, which was very strange. Thanks to Megan. Megan found something for somebody like us. Um, But I can tell you from my own personal experience, just saving that money and being able to give it back to our team or being able to do good things with it is a massive impact on the business, huge impact. So I love the fact that you're making that responsibility, the person who's choosing that payment, right? Prepare payments. It's like the homeowner's choosing it and you can get a different choice for free or you can choose this for a percentage. Um, I've seen a lot of folks in the home service industry that we support add that as part of their uh, payment processing sort of protocols. In the tree industry specifically, this one's my biggest and greatest example, is they call it the check or cash discount, right? And it's the exact same percentage off that the credit card would typically process the the fee, so three to 5%. Um, And I watch them struggle with that sometimes. And so this method would be beautiful because it does give the customer that choice. They get to choose right? At the time of service. So I love that. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got connected with PEAR and what you do inside of PEAR for their group. And then I want to go back to how you work with your family members, because I love that one. (laughs) So how did you get connected with PEAR? So to go back to network marketing, I was at a conference. It was a Grant Cardone sales boot camp. And it was, I think it was March of 2019. Um, I went down there 
and a I met I was in a lunch line after the on a, on the break from the conference, and this tall sure. guy and his white or girl or fiance are standing behind me and my wife at the time, and they start talking to us, and we start talking and. Hey, we started talking baseball and I played college baseball (laughs) and and Dave was a scout. It was Dave and Alyssa Mm -hmm. and Dave was a scout for the Yankees. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like so cool. He's like, oh, let's sit down for lunch because a lunch line to get seated. And and he tells me he's a credit card processor. And I and and my first thought was, here we go. Another credit card processor. (laughs) I just had a meeting with my accountant. I hate you. But, but, you know, he made, he made, he made a point and he said, Hey, I, we actually do no fee processing. So it would be zero cost to you as a business owner. And, and, and basically I told him how much revenue we did. We're doing close to $2.7 million at, I think at the time or 2.6 or whatever it was. And he, he, so we'd start talking, but nothing too deep, just surface level stuff. And the next day he calls me when I got home and he goes, dude, or no, the next, yeah, I had lunch with him again. So he found me for lunch again. Um, and he said, dude, I will be able to save you almost a hundred thousand dollars a year based on how much volume of credit cards you do. It ended up being about 75,000, but I was like, oh my God. But like any business owner, this was the first time that I heard about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, it took me three months to do it. But during that three months, Dave was calling me, building a relationship. We were talking about business and growing businesses and all this other stuff. Um, and then that first month, it was our, one of our busiest months. I saved about $9,000 and I was like, wow. I am so glad I switched. And he, and then he would give me, <laughs> give me shit. And he's like, dude, I could, you would have saved 15,000 if you would have signed up right away. Yeah. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know 15 grand more. Don't, don't rub it in. But I met him at a and what was cool is I, he's like one of my best friends now. So he was building a relationship with me and I got to network with somebody that saw an opportunity in the home service space because of me and said, oh my God, do you know any other home inspectors who would Ooh, benefit okay. from this? And I'm like, a lot. I know a lot of home inspectors who have million yeah. dollars who benefit <laughs> from this and just started making introductions and saying, hey, I'm doing this no fee processing. It is crazy. And yeah. we swipe that industry. We have some of the biggest companies in that industry wow. switched over. I mean, we have $10 million companies. If you're doing $10 million, $5 million, you're looking at a hundred to $200,000 that you can put back in your business. That's yeah. where it becomes, real. you know, it's huge. But to your point, it was a networking event. And so now they use me kind of as the face of the the home inspection industry. <laughs> and now, because, you know, I'm like anybody, right? I don't want to just sell a product or, or push a product or, or offer a product to somebody that I don't mm-hmm. believe in and that I'm not using yeah. or that I don't fully sponsor because anybody you partner with in business, and this is a valuable lesson for everybody listening, they better have the same qualities as customer service. They better be on this. Yeah. They better be growth minded like you are. They better be growing a business if they want to partner with me. You know, and as a realtor, I tell realtors all the time, you have a level of customer service that you want to deliver for your to your customer. It would be silly of you to hire Mm -hmm. a partner with a home inspector, a title company who doesn't have those same standards or better. Yeah. Oh, but he's my, but he's my brother's best. (laughs) But sometimes he just says the wrong thing. You know what? 
I don't do home inspections because I love it. I do it because it provides a life for me and my family. And anybody that's going to come in and jeopardize that, shame on you for even allowing them to do that. We can have a beer together, but you are not ruining my business and my reputation that I've built that helps support the people that I love. And once you start thinking about things like that and you partner with people like that, you, you, you're setting yourself up for success. Oh, I, I just need to do this because I, I, it's a Band-Aid. No, they better be the yeah. right partner for your business. And if they're not and you try them out, cut them quickly. It's like a bad employee. You get a bad, cut them and yeah. try something yeah. else. You are not married. Be innovative to anybody. I tell people, my partners all the time, I'm not married to anybody. And I'm willing to look for opportunity. As a business owner, you can't say, oh, I got a service for that. Yeah. Now you're shutting. <laughs> you're a business owner. You're not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs yeah. take in the information and then make an informed decision. They don't yeah. just say, shut the door. They, hey, I want to learn about what you do. Okay, yeah. it might fit. It might not. Maybe it's not the right time. But that's that's so valuable when you're part when you're looking to partner with people. Make sure that they're growing. Like real, you know the best real estate teams to work with. Has a <laughs> no, which ones? The ones that are growing. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are building teams. Not the single man, single man realtor who's trying to do everything on their own. They can be yeah. the biggest pain in the butt. It's the growth people because we're on the same level. You know. It it sounds like it sounds like you have a little bit of traction back there in the back of your business acumen. Have you read the book Traction? Do you know what I'm yes, alluding yes, to? Yes, I love. I've actually read yeah. it twice, <laughs> and I've read Rocket. I love cool. it. Yeah, because it feels like you've got some of those strategies employed in your business and in your relationships for sure. I love yeah. that. Um, okay, so you you hit on people. So before I pass you to Martha and talk about people just in general about all the awesomeness of people, tell me what it's like because I see on your Meet the Team page for your company for the, and I also always used to say D'Onofrio, and I know I'm sp uh, pronouncing your last name wrong, Donofrio, yep. right? Okay. Frio, yep. Um, tell me how what it's like to work with all the people that have the same last name as you because I'm looking at their beautiful faces. Tell me what systems you kind of employ to keep those relationships good, preserve those, and then keep the work moving forward. So what's great is we all have our own unique role to a degree, right? So my dad started the business and I give my dad credit, right? Because here I was a young guy out of college that wanted to grow a business. I just wanted more. I didn't want to do home inspections. I wanted something sure. more. And my dad saw a vision that I had and said, hey, if you have this vision, take it and run with it. And I think that's one of the Aww. biggest things that hold entrepreneurs back is they get in their own way. They think that they're the only one that can do a service and do it right. So I give my dad 100% credit for allowing me to do it and Aww. supporting me wholeheartedly <laughs> with that. You know, But my dad didn't really like the dealing with complaints, didn't really like the business side. And he just really liked going out and doing inspections. And he's 70, 71 and he still goes out and does commercial inspections for us and he loves it. Thank God he's in love it. <laughs> Same, same with my brother. Yeah, my brother didn't want to manage people. He didn't want to, but he liked doing his inspections and being done. I kind of wanted more, and I kind of wanted. I was a I was a business administration major with a major in finance and or minor or focus in finance and a minor in economics. So wow. I wanted to do more of the business side of things. 
And so we kind of fit our own role. And then my stepmom actually does marketing for us. So Donna Seeker wow. does some <laughs> of the marketing. So we all kind of have our unique specific roles. So it's really great. And on paper, I'm the principal. So, which is cool because I can make decisions. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it's my family. So I want to make sure that we're doing what's in best interest of everybody. Um, so that kind of dynamic, it's kind of cool that we're not trial fighting for, you know, the same spot. We all have our unique roles and it's been really great. You know, yeah, my dad, my dad, I, he's my best friend. I love him to the world. <laughs> he gets on my nerves. <laughs> like, <laughs> he gets on my nerves, but, you know, and I think it's because I'm just like the spoiled shithead son that just gives him shit sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, but it's it's I love it and it's been great. And some of the you know, what's cool is my, I grew up in this business. So some of my best memories are me and my dad doing inspections together. Oh, but like I look back now and I'm like, I miss those days. Like those were like, <laughs> quality time. I got to spend every day with you. Sometimes I hated it. I probably didn't appreciate it in the moment. But yeah. so those were valuable times that we got to spend and just talking in between inspections, driving to jobs and stuff. It's yeah. been very, very cool overall. So uh, luckily, it's been a good experience for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's a perfect segue to hand you off to Martha to talk about people. <laughs> I, I loved your story. And thank you. And and as the principal, don't forget, you can always schedule a ride along with your dad. You know, there's yeah. always time for a ride along. So yeah, exactly. there's that. Thanks quality so much, check Joey. <laughs> exactly exactly thanks so much for spending some time with me and martha's going to take you from here thanks for yeah that. so uh joey they didn't leave us a lot of time but uh typically i talk about teams and you know the things that go along with managing teams but today i want to talk about your affiliates your partnerships that you've made. And I know one thing that comes up with the home service owners that I know, you know, a lot of times they won't get into developing these partnerships because it's like, how do we track it? And how do we, you know, not cheat each other and blah, 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 blah. Um, do you, do you have some kind of affiliate program that you use or is it just simply a buddy system? Yeah. I mean, so we do have uh, affiliate. You have to be able to track it, yeah. right? Like anything, it's got to be trackable and there's got to be clear terms, you know, clear terms and you got to be in business with people you trust, right? Yeah. Trust is freely given, but it's quick. It's, it goes away quick. Right. So you got to have that trust. You got to have written down. Do not do an agreement just word for word because, you know, one of the biggest things that I've actually recently learned is communication. Mm -hmm. Communication is, is, is the, it's, it's the biggest factor in any failed relationship. And that's with your spouse, with your partner and in business and with your employees, because I, as a, as a business owner, I have ideas and I'm ADD a little bit. So I, and sometimes I don't communicate properly where it's understood as I meant it. And so I've started to ask, like whenever I communicate direction to somebody, hey, do you understand what I mean by that? And when somebody wants to talk to me and tell me something, I want to ask a follow-up question. What did you mean when you said that? Because I may not heard it as they meant to say it and vice versa. So especially with affiliates, it, things need to be termed out, written out, and there mm -hmm. needs to be a tracking system 
that's discussed and, and reviewed by all before it gets done. And sometimes it can be tracked on softwares if softwares can integrate with some of the affiliates that you work with. You know, is there an Excel spreadsheet? How are we, how are we tracking the leads that we're sending uh, an affiliate? You know, are they, are they paying per lead? Are they paying for service provided? You know, how will I know? Is it, is it, is it an email that gets, that, that notifies me when a service is performed? You know, so, but what you said is that, yeah, they need to be tracked and the terms need to be clearly defined. Yeah. And I did it two different ways. And I think my favorite way, um, and it was favorite, not because it was easier on us, but because I felt like we were more valuable to the customer is we were basically the concierge um, and we would book the appointments. And so we would talk to the window cleaning company or the carpet cleaning company. And especially when we were going out on deep cleans, our goal was to try to get it all done within the day if we could, um, because that's a great experience for the client. You know, oh, yeah. everything is done. And uh, for anybody listening in the maid service, you know, you're thinking, how can you do that? Uh, we, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You are stepping over each other a little bit, but uh, we would start at one end of the house and get certain rooms clean. And then and it was like a little bit of a relay race. Then we would schedule the carpet cleaners to start a few hours later than us and they'd start in the part we'd already done, you know? Um, but what was great is you know, we didn't have to do all the vacuuming. Uh, so awesome. there's great relationships that you can make and then you can, uh, you can become so much more valuable to your clients just because of this awesome um, community that you've built with service business owners. And back in, you know, back in the day, we would meet quarterly, just like all of us, the service business owners, we would meet quarterly just kind of for lunch and just camaraderie. And um, it's very powerful, you all, if you're missing out on those relationships, because that's exactly what it is. Is yeah, relationship building. And Martha, you bring a good point too. And I think that, you know, as you're forming partnerships with affiliates, I think a valuable question to ask them is, hey, how do you handle a complaint? Mm -hmm. How do you handle an issue that comes in? Because I want to make sure that we're aligned when that right. happens. Because right. the worst thing you could do is have an issue or they drop the ball or you drop the ball and they don't handle it the way that you would. Right. Well, that's bad, right? So- you need to make sure that that's written out. Hey, when an issue comes in, how are we going to handle this? Yeah. If you make the issue, what's what are you going to do? Are you going to step up? Because this is how I would handle it. And as long as we're in agreement by that, by that that's a big thing too. So how yeah. do you handle issues that come in? And I should mention, because this is very important. Um, we just did the scheduling part. And then we handed off the communication to that individual service company and we had something written out that 
spelled that out for the client that basically our only job was to coordinate the schedule and make that easier for them. But then all communication about payment and any issues, et cetera, was going to go through that individual provider yeah. uh, because you do not want to be taking their complaint calls. You do not want to be, I, I did not want to be collecting for them, et cetera. Exactly. No, that's so, smart too. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, we've never talked about that. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not doing that listeners, there's just, you know, and not only the affiliate payout that you can get, but the, the increased referrals and the instant level of trust with customers that you didn't have access to before. So anyway, that's great. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pass it back to Tay. We're going to do our homework now. And, you know, like we told you before the show, Joey, that uh, we're going to go around, assign the homework. Our listeners are supposed to just take one piece of homework, the one that resonates with them most. I like it. And then um, you'll be at the end and you can give homework if you want or not. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. This has been so fun. So thank you so much, Joy. I just want to put that out there. Um, okay. As far as homework goes, in addition to what Martha said, uh, just a reminder, please only pick one. We also have our accountability group, our private group on Facebook that you can join. We will put that in the comments for you. So that way, if uh, you have not joined that, that's an opportunity to kind of network market like we talked about today. Um, so that's actually going to be my homework. <laughs> Join our accountability group, get to know other business owners, get to ask questions, be able to network with individuals in a safe space and grow your business. So that's my challenge for you this week is to just simply join our accountability group and get to be able to network with other business owners. Ooh, that was a good one. I like it. Uh, similar. I am going to challenge you to look up the realtors in your area. So it's a pretty easy public list to find. I want you to find the list. And then I want you to look up the number of homes sold in your area per year. And then this is like the extra credit level of the homework. I want you to find out who's selling those homes. So if you took that list of for us 350 and you were able to come up with your top 20 producers in your area, I want you to focus on that list and just give them a call, invite them to lunch, take some breakfast to their office, uh, take some time to get to know them, figure out when their golf tournament is and go play in their golf tournament. Um, but spend some time to build some relationships with some realtors in your area. I have a feeling it will do wonders for your business. Awesome. I love that one. And I am going to have you build a referral partner network list. And I'm going to actually put it in the group because we have a card on Trello for all the clients that we support Pink Callers. And it's called the I got a guy, right? Or I've got a gal list. And it's the painter, the electrician, the plumber, the landscape guy, the tree service, all those other ancillary services that could be working in and around your home that you can have your either customer service rep or office manager or someone on the phone be able to share that information with your customers. If you can't solve the problem for them, why not send them down the road to a cool partner in your area? So I'm going to put a, a template list of what we have here at Pink Collars so that you can fill it in for your 
area and for your service area. So that's your homework for systems. Create an I've got a you-know-who list. <laughs> and I'm going to piggyback on Michelle. And <laughs> what I would like you to do is start where I started. And that was just meeting the other service providers. So I... I, you know, it's been years ago, but I sent out an email, I think, and I sent out an email. I just went to their website, got their contact information. I sent out an email introducing myself and said, I would love to build a network of other home service providers. And, you know, I think I set up a lunch and then you know, not everybody came, of course, but we made some good, good friendships that way. And uh, I did started there and it starts with relationships, just like Joey said. So anyway, that's your homework. And then Joey, you want to give any homework? Yeah, I'll give some homework. So <laughs> for those people that may be stuck, maybe you're a single man, two man operator. I want you to write down all the tasks that you're doing that's not your technical work while you got into the business, home service business you're in. Write down admin, accounting, all the tasks that are taking up time that are away from your specialty. And then I want you to look at what you're paying in credit card fees or if you're not taking credit card and look at your numbers, where you're spending money that can be repurposed and you can put back into your business. Even if it's a couple hundred dollars, that's an admin. Even if it's a couple hundred dollars, that's a bookkeeper, you know, mm -hmm. and the bigger you are, that's more money to you. So understand, don't don't th look at the percent of what you're paying. Look at the actual dollar figure you're paying in fees to a credit card and figure out how that money can be repurposed for you to get stuff off your plate for you to grow your business. I'm going to interject for just yeah. a second yeah. um, because a lot of my clients don't actually know what they're paying in credit card processing fees. Um, I think it's pretty common that the credit card processor is depositing into your bank account the net of their fees. And they're doing this on purpose because then it kind of it doesn't show you what are the actual fees. So if you're Ooh, listening to Joey's you. homework, and you're like, I don't actually know how to go about that. Like, I don't know what I'm paying. We're not asking you to figure out the percentage. We're not asking you to figure out, like, how much does this card charge? The easiest way, and this is timely because it's tax season, is your credit card processor sends you a 1099K at the end of the year. And that 1099K is always at the gross amount of swipes or charges that they put for, through credit cards. So to figure out Joey's homework, if you're not paying credit card fees directly through your bank account, you can look at that 1099K and you can look at your profit and loss. And the difference between total sales and the 1099K for credit cards is going to be the fees. So your accountant can help you figure that out. Um, but if you're like, I don't know what I'm paying, a good starting point <laughs> is looking at that 1099K um, and know that you're in good company. They're hiding it from you kind of intentionally. Know your numbers. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Joey. This has been awesome. We always end on a quote and I love the know your numbers. So I'm just going to use that one as your quote. Know your numbers, because really the numbers at the end of the day will tell you exactly where you need to go in not only marketing, but finance and systems and people. So that's going to be your quote of the day. Know your numbers from Joey. Oh, <laughs> okay? I love it. I love it. Everybody thank have a guys. terrific day out there and a great week. And thank you so much for joining us on Fight Club. And we'll see you next week. And thank if you so much.
Joey, if anybody would like to get a hold of you, what's oh, the best way right. to reach out? Yeah, how can we find you? I'm sorry, Joey. Yeah, so <laughs> to get a hold of me, um, it's J R D O N O F R I O one at gmail.com. That is my personal email. You can email me. Wow. I'd love to help you out. Business questions, anything that I can do to help, I would love to be a resource for you guys and help help you out. Beautiful. Love it. Thanks, everybody. Have a terrific week and have keep fighting out there. Go fight. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Joey. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.